This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, and those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for them. So head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the website for free. By the way, I want to take this moment to thank anybody who's listening to this show in one of our radio markets who took the time uh, to write down Free Talk Live in an Arbitron diary. Yeah. Because we got some really good news today out we of did. our uh, market. Uh, we are in Alabama, Florence, Alabama, on WVNA AM, 1590, and we're number one. You know, every time we get any Arbitron news... We're not only number one, but we kick the butts of the competition that's out there. Well, now, to be honest, this is the first time we've gotten Arbitron numbers in the last four years, and the reason is because we've now just now been on... It was In the very beginning, we were on an FM station mm-hmm. in Sarasota, Florida, and we were rated for three weeks out of the 12 weeks of the, of the last book, and then we, we didn't get into the, second, the next book because they, t- they changed the format on us. So then it was a cu- several more years until but we, we like finally... we septupled the numbers from the previous show well, in our time slot. It went from a 0 to a 1. 1.1 1, 1. 1 or something. It was like a 0.6 and went to a 1.8. Whatever. It was in just a 0.3. It was a 0.3 to a 0.8. This is the first time we've had... This is the first time we've ever had a full ratings book mm-hmm. during week uh, weekdays. We started our syndicated show, and we were sort of on Saturday shows, and there's not really that much ratings to get for Saturday shows. So this is our first official uh, results for weekdays, and we crushed the competition. The competition in this particular market is a uh, blathering loudmouth from uh, the Northwest named Lars Larson. Mm. I have Lars Larson, you know, one of those guys. And Sounds Swedish. I, I think he's on a, a good... Several dozen radio stations, if not over a hundred stations. I recognize his name. He's huge in the Northwest, and he's got stations out east as well. And uh, he pulled a zero share, meaning no one in Florence, Alabama, was listening to Lars Larson. You usually don't listen to him more than once. <laughs> and uh, Maybe twice. We got an 18 share, meaning, and that means that 18% of the people, males, 25 to 54, we're listening to Free Talk Live during our particular time slot. Let me break it down for you a little better. One out of every five, essentially, it's really close to that, mm-hmm. really close to, one out of every five males between the ages of 25 and 54 that happens to be listening to a radio between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m., Monday through Saturday? Uh, we didn't get the weekend. Friday. Monday through Friday. Listens to Free Talk Live, and, it was and they actually, listen to it enough that they write it down in their diaries. Actually, we might say some really sh- shocking stuff on this air, but people listen to you what got we it say. Wrong, Mark, uh, actually, no, it's, it's not. not seven to ten; it's delayed by two hours. So they're actually oh. listening to a delayed broadcast That's show. Right. On a station that cuts power at night from 5,000 watts to 1,000 watts. So, I mean, so we're not even at nine to pow- mid. We're not even at full power. It's eight to eleven Central Time. And uh, we're delayed. So they're not even listening to a, a live show, but they continue to listen, and they wrote us down in their diaries, and uh, we're number one. In fact, not only are we number one against the competition, we're number one from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. on that station. Really? Yeah. Well, the reason I exclude the overnights is because Coast to Coast uh, kicks our butts. Well, but Coast to Coast is... There's it, nothing else to listen to. There isn't anything else to listen to, and so you're going to have to hear about comets crashing into the earth and men that are possessed by horses and whatever um, other zany things that but they outs- talk about on Coast to Coast. Outside of the overnight day part, Free Talk Live was number one on the station. We beat their morning show. We beat Glenn Beck. We beat Rush Limbaugh. In share, right? 
Right. We got share. an 18 share. Rush got a 12. Now, but if you take persons they're listening to, the I mean, people don't listen as much. There's not as many people listening to the radio period from 9 p.m. to midnight or 8 p.m. That to may be true, 11. But we've got a, a we got the percentage. share. We've got the share. Right. Yes. We beat them all. Share is important, and share is what we're after. Right or left, Ed Schultz. They've got a kind of a mix of right and left hosts on that station. Oh, I'm sure we're smoking we beat them all. him. Ed Schultz did better than Glenn Beck. Really? Yep. Hmm. There you go. So thanks to everybody who's taken the time to uh, to put us in a book. It it makes a big difference for us, and that's going to make a difference getting more stations on board. Because there have been a lot of stations that have been sitting out there, sitting on their thumb, sitting on the fence, sort of waiting to see if Wondering. Free Talk Live can actually pull numbers. And now there we you go. go. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number It's a good, good day. Awesome. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so to New Jersey we go, where if you still needed more evidence that you should pull your teenagers or children out of government schools, whether they be government high schools, government middle schools, or government elementary schools, here's another uh, piece of evidence for you. From Pekanak, New Jersey, teens who drank alcohol could be caught three days later under a high school's new testing policy for students. I knew you wouldn't miss this article. Well, it was sent to me by more than, uh, more than one person, and that it's, helps. It's a big on. deal. Uh, the test, which will be given randomly to students at Pekinok High School, Township High School, can detect whether alcohol was consumed up to 80 hours earlier. Pekinok Superintendent Larry Reynolds said the policy approved last week should be a deterrent to students who feel peer pressure to drink. Under the program, students who test positive will not be kicked off teams or barred from extracurricular activities, says Reynolds. Instead, they'll receive counseling and their parents will be notified. He said, most kids who think they can get away with it might be tempted to stop and think about it. The test costs will be paid with federal grants. Of course they will. Urine screenings. Which, it's not federal grants. It's our tax-paying tax money. My income tax is going to pay to test kids at some school somewhere right you'd think i don't if, want to do that you'd think if it were important for parents i mean if parents wanted to wayne you've got kids if parents wanted to find out what their kids were up to over the weekend they could get their own testing kit they could test their kids on their own if they were concerned but i don't think they really are that concerned because it's not happening i'm waiting for portable surveillance cameras you can put on your kid just a, constantly all the yeah, time in their hair or something you know you can see everything they see we're probably not too far off from that, really. I think we're pretty close. Yeah, five, ten years. Uh, so the test costs will be fa- paid for with federal grants. Urine screenings look for ethyl glucuronide, the, uh, which is produced by the body after it met- uh, metabolizes alcohol. School officials acknowledge the test is sensitive, and false positive readings can be the result of using products containing ethanol, including mouthwash and balsamic vinegar. But Reynolds said in order for students to test positive, they would generally have had to have consumed the equivalent of one or two drinks or rinsed their mouth out that morning before they went to school. But Reynolds said, uh, let's see, oh, other districts already use the test. So, hey, it's already being do, uh, done somewhere else. Let's just add it to this school district. Mm. Middletown began using it last spring, also in New Jersey, for students suspected of using drugs and alcohol. And this month, the district expanded it to include a random pool of about 1,800 students. Critics have said the testing doesn't work and invades students' privacy. But... When has government sco- uh, when have government schools ever given a flip about their students' privacy? They don't. So this is just a you know the logical extension of uh, where this intrusive, oppressive government is going. I've never seen a school be in the least bit concerned about its students' privacy. What do you think is going to happen? They say that there's they're not, not a gonna... public uh, a, a government school. Excuse me. They say here 
that if the t- uh, kids test positive, they won't be kicked off teams. They won't be barred from extracurricular activities. They'll get counseling, counseling. and their parents will be notified. What are, what's the punishment going to be if the kid just says no to the test? Because you can't force me to pee into your little cup. Right. Mm. So what are you going to do to me if I don't want to? That's not outlined in this story. No, and what if, you know, the, what if the parents uh, drink wine with meals? You know, and let their kids, and let of course they let their kids. Um, you know, what if they're? That's what they do. That's their practice. So, um, what if he keeps on coming up uh, positive on your little tests? Would that uh, would that be considered more counseling? Are going to keep telling parents who don't care? Would the law consider that contributing to the delinquency of a minor? I think I think that it's likely. It would probably depend on the state, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it's very likely the law could very well say that it's illegal. For you to drink, period, if you're under the age of 21. I, it probably does. Yeah, they're and it's all, they're wrong. Also, yeah, it is. There are also a lot of cold medications and cough syrups that, that could bring up a, a false reading as well. Really? And, and I think that, that kids will probably figure out a way to get around it. I think that at this point, the kids don't care. Senior Matt Huber said, no one's really taking it seriously. If you want to go to a party, you're still going to go to a party. That's the attitude of the kids. They don't care. Go mm. ahead. Call my parents. <laughs> I dare you. Yeah. Or kick me off the football team. Whatever. I mean, can you imagine? The reason why they're not going to kick kids off the football team is because they wouldn't have a team anymore. If they tested all the football guys after a weekend, how many of them are going to show up positive? Most of them. Yeah. Anybody who knows anything about high school kids, especially the types that hang out with the football team, know that they're all drinkers. 800-259-9231, and it's evidence that the school knows it by the fact they aren't going to kick kids off the team. Except for the kicker. The kickers usually don't drink. Speaking of uh, kids and doing naughty things and football, got a cheerleader story on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Live streams available, the broadband version of the show, and the dial-up version as well, totally free. freetalklive.com. What's your liberty issue? Is it privacy? Register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers to include anti-Real ID activist Jim Harper from the Cato Institute. Also in attendance will be New Hampshire residents and legislators active in the fight against the national Real ID. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information and to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We're pretty much uh, to the point where we're going to have to have a countdown to the Liberty Forum. I mean, we're a matter of weeks away at Mm -hmm. this point. And I think it's going to be really exciting. We know not only are a number of libertarian luminaries going to be attending the forum. Like me. But also, I think you're going to be emceeing some of it, at least. You're in talks. Looks that way. And Ron Paul. They've got to talk to my agent, you know. Ron Paul, uh, let's see, John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, a whole bunch of libertarian big names. But also, everybody else. uh, Anybody who's really interested in liberty, who has been able to get that weekend off and Get up to New Hampshire is going to be attending. So a lot of our listeners are going to be uh, going. I know I've heard personally from a number of them who are looking forward to meeting uh, meeting Mark and myself. And Wayne, I, I know you're going to be there as well. And I think um, even Gardner Goldsmith might be in attendance. Uh, so some of the uh, more ancillary Free Talk Live personalities will be there. I hope so. And so really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Get registered while you still can because that hotel is going to sell out. 
freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. As we go to the phones, let's talk to Francisco in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Francisco. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? I was actually uh, today in history class, I was reading about that topic. You discussed the um, urine test in New Jersey schools. Yeah. And since I'm in New Jersey, I was actually I was actually thinking about it, and I wrote a comment in this website where I found it mm-hmm. saying that if I was to get tested, even if I do not do, if I haven't drank or anything, I would decline because I would feel it would be an invasion of privacy. And what I asked is, what do you think they would do to me? And what do you think? Well, uh, first I think, you know, get sent to the principal's office, maybe get some third degree asked, but I, I would definitely refuse. What's a third degree? Well, I mean, like third degree, like I can get, uh, like get questions asked. Oh, I see. You don't know but, that. Uh, uh, the I didn't know. I didn't know if there was some sort of a third degree referral or something oh, like that. No, and I no. just want to make sure. I mean, okay. If I'm ahead. confused. I ask for clarification. Good. I don't want to presume that I know exactly what people yeah. are saying. So you think they just ask you some questions? I mean, they want you to to take this test. I would right. think there'd be some sort of punishment. Yeah, um, uh, maybe detention or In school something, suspension, but, something like that? Yeah, but uh, I would definitely refuse. How far away are you from uh, Pecanock, New Jersey? Probably around 150 miles. I see. So this probably isn't going to happen to you anytime soon, but no. I agree with you. That's what I would do if I, w- if I were in this particular case. Forget you. That's a total invasion of privacy. Oh, yeah. Uh, demanding that I go step into a bathroom and uh, pee into a cup. And, of course, if this becomes an issue where kids are concerned about getting caught, even though there, isn't, there aren't really serious consequences if you do get caught, if kids are concerned, they're going to start buying uh, the little pee kits. You can go online and you can buy the, what do they call it, the Wizenator, <laughs> where it's a little bag. It's a little baggy, and you put it in your pants and it's got a little tube that comes out of it, and essentially you put, um, it, you basically get dog pee, or you get one of your friends <laughs> who's clean to to urinate in the uh, the baggie. How do you then, get dog pee? I don't know. I don't That's a good question. Wow. Well, the problem is if it's if it's random, you might be uh, walking around for days with the whizinator in True. your pants. And, True. You know, um, the other thing is you just put water in these things. Uh, you know, just put yeah. water in there. Big deal. I mean, what's the worst thing that's going to happen to you? Good point. Uh, it looks like you put water in your. Uh, Test there, Mr. Francisco. So, you know, this almost seems like uh, conditioning or training. They're training kids in school to be compliant with all these unreasonable, stupid yeah. regulations and, and violations of your privacy. And oh, yeah. Uh, actually, I want to talk about something else also. Today was my first day of uh, my history class. Okay. And we were discussing some topics about politics. And I, uh, we have to do current events. So I brought up the Ed Brown case. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my teacher sounded fairly liberty-minded, so I talked to him in person, and he told me he was a member of the Libertarian Party. Wow. Hmm. And, Wait, which... and then I actually I referred him to the Free State Project, and he told me he's already heard about it and that he is considering moving there. That's fantastic. Now, wait, which teacher was this? He's a history teacher. Oh, neat. Yeah. Well, that, nope. that's excellent, uh, Francisco. Anything else on your mind today? Nope, that was it, guys. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231, the toll-free number. You bring up anything. Sounds like Francisco's going to get an A in history. Maybe so. It's always good to uh, butter up the teacher, or at least have the uh, the same belief system. So, we've been uh, since we've been talking about high school hijinks, now we'll get into a story from Ware Shoals High School in South Carolina. I'm telling you, Mark, I told you the last time. We had a story about cheerleaders. Stereotypes work. And when it comes to to, uh, to cheerleaders, you know, the stereotype is party girls, kind of slutty, 
Yeah, cheerleaders. That's what they do, right? Short skirts. Yeah, that's the, just the kind of girls they are. I don't hear. I don't believe the crap that's coming stuff out of your mouth. Stuff going on. Stuff going on behind the scenes. Dirty things that uh, nobody's supposed to talk about between coaches and the cheerleaders and the football. There's all kinds of weird things that we've heard over the years from people who've actually been on cheerleading squads, people who've been uh, on football teams, and just the the stories confirm all of the stereotypes you ever hear. Well, I, I don't believe this. This what, is completely irresponsible of you. I, well, look, what are you talking about? Do Jews peep, he, that cheat people? I'm are, not talking are about... Are blacks uh, lazy? Whoa, whoa. I'm not talking about a group of, of uh, a race or, or, or anything like that. I'm just talking about the types of people that are attracted to cheerleading. Now, the last story we did were uh, was about cheerleaders that were bad girls. They would go out and uh, t- take pictures with phallic objects uh, and just doing sexual things. They got caught. They were uh, immune because one of the cheerleaders was the daughter of the principal of the high school, so no one ever did anything to, no, to punish them. Look, regular high school girls that go out and take pictures with mm-hmm. phallic things, they don't hit the newspaper because it's not that damn interesting. But when you've got a cheerleader outfit on this girl and she's got a big you know, purple pecker in her hand, then suddenly it's interesting, okay? Yeah. It's just newsworthy, Ian. There's nothing you can say I'm about cheerleading you, squads. No, there isn't. There's more stuff you're talking that goes about, on. You're talking about different schools. I don't schools. know why you're d- coming to the defense of uh, these girls Because you're being because con- entirely unfair. I'm not I mean, being it's unfair. The different, it's the girls that are in those what? particular groups. The stories that we hear about when it comes to cheerleaders are the tip of the iceberg, my friend. They're the ones that get caught. There's plenty more that goes on. I'm that sure they are the ones that get caught. But right. what I'm telling you is nobody else gets the press. It yeah. just doesn't matter to anybody if, if a, a group of ugly fat girls goes out and takes a picture <laughs> with, a, with a dildo or, or you know, you know, beats girls up or whatever. This, these things just don't hit press. And the only thing that matters is because cheerleaders have those cute little sexy outfits. I don't know, Ian. It sounds like you're jealous because you're not there. Oh, well, not, no, not necessarily. I, Ian's jealous because his school didn't have cheerleaders, and he never had a chance <laughs> with one of them. Well, the, I don't know, man. I don't know if I would have wanted a chance. didn't with, have uh, a, a, a cheerleading <laughs> squad because they had no sports. I'd be a it was the cons- dork school, yeah. not nothing. Well, now, wait a, now hold on a second. Now, that, now it's getting personal. <laughs> I'm telling you. That these girls, uh, I think that cheerleaders are more likely to be bad girls. That's all. <laughs> you That's don't think all. that feels personal to the uh, cheerleaders out there? You, you know what? If you're a cheerleader, you will call in and confirm what I'm saying. I'm sure <laughs> of it. 800-259-9231. Because we've heard from cheerleaders in the past. We've heard from people who um, have been close to this or this, these types of organizations. And they back up every stereotype. The uh, title of this article that we're going to get into, Cheerleaders, Soldiers, Booze, and Sex on the Way. Free Talk Live. <laughs> One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. 
They know that not only do you want to collect the money that that's owed to you, but you want to keep those clients too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. We're going to get into the cheerleader story here in a moment, so we've got to go to the phones first. Let's talk to Daniel in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Daniel. Hey, guys. Uh, first of all, I just want to say I love your show. Thanks. Thank you. What's on your mind? Uh, I want to talk to you guys about what you guys were talking about on the 22nd. It was uh, this no government at all type deal. Uh, my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, I mean, it's an interesting opinion, but if for nothing else, don't you think government should be there just to act as a mediator between, you know, when you have problems? For no, situations? that's what arbitrators are for. Third-party arbitration. Go look up the American Arbitration Association. Look at a variety of uh, contracts and many contracts, for instance, like cell phone contracts, uh, that sort of thing. You'll actually see that in the contract it says that when you sign this agreement, you're agreeing that you, um, any disputes will not be resolved in government courts, but will instead be resolved by the nearest branch of the American, Arbitra uh, American Arbitration so Association. So it's actually already something that goes on here in the United States. And the reason why it goes on is because government courts suck. Uh, they're slow. They're bureaucratic. They're um, they're bad, and they don't give. Uh, they're they're just not as just as private arbitrators. And in a lot of cases, they're not um, they're not terribly enforceable. Um, you know, it, when it comes to small claims, you get a judgment, but it's not like the government goes out and gets what it is that you've been assessed. Mm. You can show the uh, the other party the judgment, but if they're if they're feeling uh, contrary, it's not like they have to uh, abide by it. They just have a judgment against them, right. and then you have to work on getting liens and all kinds of stuff. Free market justice on its face uh, seems pretty complex. It seems pretty scary. But really, it would result in the best, uh, the most just system that mankind has ever encountered because of competition. Uh, because instead of having this one monopolistic government court, we would have a variety of different arbitrate, uh, private arbitrators that individuals would be able to choose, and they would be able to write it into their contracts who the arbitrators would be. So you would know in advance who the uh, court of decision would be if, uh, when you were signing a contract. And if you didn't like their decision, you could have ten different courts in your contract that you could go and appeal to. There's all kinds of neat things uh, to learn about private justice. And the fact is competition will make it better. What do you think? Well, that's all well and good, but who's going to enforce these arbitrators' rules or these arbitrators' decisions? If you uh, have no government, then you have no agency to enforce that decision. It's an excellent question. I think that uh, you'd find a system of, uh, of ostracism built uh, by the marketplace. I can't predict what the marketplace would do to enforce these things. I mean, the market's un it's unpredictable. It's the result of millions and trillions of different individual decisions at the same moment. But my prediction would be you'd see sort of a, a, a reputation credit score, a la eBay, um, you may not necessarily be able to enforce on another person, but you can certainly prevent those people from having um, others do business with them by destroying their, uh, their reputation rating. Just like people with bad credit have a tough time, people with bad reputation might not even be able to rent a house. You know, um, just not in defense of no government, because I, I don't believe in no government, but I would say that, you know, we eliminated debtors' prisons a long time ago, and the government doesn't really force anybody to do anything as far as paying um, people back and compensating people. I mean, the only person that you can go to, the only organization you can go to jail for not paying is the government. I mean, they enforce themselves getting paid, but they don't enforce legitimate um, businesses doing legitimate work. They don't uh, um, enforce their stuff. Daniel, any other thoughts? 
Uh, well, I also wanted to, what about uh, with uh, public education? When you're talking about stuff like that, who's going to set standards? I mean, if you're in a rural, rural area that's dominated by, say, Christians or, you know, mm-hmm. say, some other religious group, then wouldn't they set up their own religious school? And if you happen to be out there and you're Muslim, then you're just shit out of luck? Whoa! Whoa. We've got to let you go on that one, but thanks for the call. Oh. 800-259-9231 to answer his question, because yeah. um, we've got a, a one-hit-that's-it rule now at this yeah. point. Uh, to answer his question, what about schools? What about if you're living in the deep south and you're an atheist or you're a Muslim and all of the all of the market-based schools have a heavy religious tinge to them? Well, I don't think you're probably the only atheist or the only secular humanist or the only Muslim in the area, so odds are good you might have networked a little bit and met up with some people of similar beliefs. You could easily set up your own school. You could easily set up your own little private homeschool situation. This isn't difficult to do. And the cool, the cool thing is you set your own standards. And you, you, can, you can actually uh, – there will be standards that have been set out there, just like VHS was a standard for a long time. DVD was a standard for a long time. These were all accepted by various different different industries and uh, you can select and choose there will be different standards you can say you know what i want to adopt that standard for my kids because i think that's best and how could you possibly want some other organization to tell you what's the best way to to uh, raise your kids look i don't believe i don't believe in um no government like you do but you but do believe in getting government out of school i do believe the government should have nothing to do with schools so i believe in no government in the school. area of schools yeah. now what what does the government have as far as mandates on private schools i don't know of any i don't think the Governments requires a private school to do I don't anything. Know about that. I think that the parents require private schools to do things. Um, they require private schools to educate their the, um, their students better than public schools do, and they do it in spades. Mm-hmm. Um, I left the uh, private school in uh, eighth grade, went to public school in ninth grade. I was on the dean's list in eighth grade, getting the best, you know, dean's list, highest scores you can get. Um, I was getting the best grades around in ninth grade. I bombed, failed out, failed out of two classes. How? How can you take a student that was on the dean's list one year and fail him the next year? Put him I'll tell you, school? you, they just don't care. That's how. Well... I don't know much about private schools because I'm not a parent. I've not had to do the research. But I bet it wouldn't take long to discover that there is some sort of private school accreditation firm out there. I bet you. I, again, I'm not sure about this. I don't think I'm really going out on much of a limb here by <laughs> no, saying no, that you're not. there's some sort of independent agency that will come and approve. You know, They're going to inspect your school for a variety of different things, everything from educational curriculum down to you know the, the gym. Uh, or the cafeteria. They're going to look at a variety of different things. They have this for campgrounds. There's like the uh, the ACA, the American Campground Association. Is this the Good Sam Award? I don't think it. I think it's a different organization. But okay. there's uh, there are different uh, campground accreditation associations. The same way you you would have private school accreditation associations. That way, the private school could slap that on their website and say, "Come here, we're accredited by the uh, Na- uh, National Association of the Best Private Schools." Well, I can tell you from a homeschool point of view that there's a lot of different uh, curricula you can buy. Uh, there's a Robinson curricula curriculum. There's there's uh, Becca, there's several of them, mm-hmm. and a lot of them get rated by homeschool magazines, and that's one go. that's one way that uh, parents can rate the, the curriculum and decide which one they want to give their kids. And sometimes they'll actually buy several of them and use several at the see same time. See which one works. And see which one works the best uh, with their child. Oh, which brings me to another point. 
You know, Daniel was asking about, well, who's going to set standards? It's best if individuals decide on what standards to accept. As you're saying, Wayne, take in different ones, try them out, and see what works. What we have today with government schools is typical of government. It's the one-size-fits-all standard. Right. It doesn't matter to government it if your kids are It says everybody has to drive a Yugo. Yeah. Look, some people want, you know, a, want a car that's going to use very le- um, use less gasoline, so therefore they want a car with very little horsepower, something less than 100 um, horsepower. But other people... They want a car with a whole bunch of horses. They want to be able to go really fast, so they want a Daytona or whatever, a Viper um, with 600 horsepower. People need to be able to set their own standards. Absolutely. The the problem is, um, the solution isn't standards. Standards are the problem. Standards Mm. are the reason that we have such a crappy school system and from the get-go. And the fact that it's run by a government. If we had standards without the the government running the schools, we'd probably still have a better situation than we do. It's also run... Also run People aren't learning to read. That's true. They're uh, they're indoctrinating the kids with socialism as well. 800-259-9231. Look, I don't want to get in control of the school system. I don't want to dictate what everybody else's educational uh, preferences are. Individuals should be able to choose. Some will choose wrong. Oh, well. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. And uh, that does include a variety of different services, all for free. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at store.freetalklive.com. We've got Free Talk Live hats. We've got Free Talk Live t-shirts. I know, Mark, you just placed an order for a Free Talk Live beanie today. Yes, I love I love it. You you got one. I didn't get You've one. You've been jealous ever and since I've I really, it. I have. I like it a lot. Because it, it's high quality. Does it have a propeller nice. on top? No, it's a, is this not, is beanie not the correct word for this? The Sock hat. Um, scully. Keep your head warm in the cold thing. Yamaka. That's well, not a yamaka. It's a lot it? awful. No. <laughs> okay. So anyway, store.freetalklive.com, variety of different products. We've got DVD, classic archive sets, and more all there for the purchasing. All high quality, no crap, store.freetalklive.com. You know, before we went to the break, we were talking about market education versus government one-size-fits-all education, and I sort of made a comment that I felt deserved a little bit more explanation before we went away. And I said that, well, if we allow individuals, that is families and uh, and the students themselves, to make choices about what curriculum to follow, there's a chance that someone might choose wrong. For instance, uh, one of the concerns we've faced in the past when we talk about market-based schools is that someone will call in and say, well, what about the the rednecks living in out in the trailer that don't want to send their kids to school? That would be a probably a, a negative choice that someone would be free to make. Cause I right think now, that that's the, the, the biggest and uh, most primary fear of everybody listening that's uh, thought about this issue is, oh, my God, if we give people free choice in education, then some people will choose not to educate their children. And, and it's a legitimate fear. Mm-hmm. And I understand but I don't think that you can. Uh, I don't think that you should side with the, the current situation, and that is that parents are being threatened by jail time if they don't send their kids to school. And either way, if your kid doesn't want to learn, and in many cases, if they come from uh, homes like what we're talking about, they they're sort of bad kids. Well, if in, you're in many so cases. concerned that this is going to be an epidemic, 
an epidemic is what mm-hmm. the people are concerned with. Um, I mean, really, do we need this crappy public school system in order to keep one out of every million kids? One out of a hundred? Yeah, a hundred. My God, that yeah. would be an epi- epidemic. But my, now my question to you this is this. If you think that people are so bad that they would keep their kids out of school, why do you want government bureaucrats, these same people, educating your kids? I mean... By some magical reason, the government bureaucrats won't be the same people, I guess, is the idea. I mean, just, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. No, it seems wrong. I believe that people consider their kids, all people, love their children and consider them to be the biggest investment that they're making with their lives. They consider them to be one of the most important things to them in their lives. And yes, they're going to educate them. Some of them will choose to um, to allow their kids to... Do other things like I'm sure that there were times when times when uh, kids didn't have to go to school that they chose to go to work, work on the farm. Or yeah, something. work on the farm, you know, work in a factory or something like that to be able to help the family. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you is this is, um, you know, should people be uh, should children be forced to go to work at the expense of the family starving? You know what you might see is you may see um, more social school, excuse me. You may see more social ostracism as a possible solution for this concern, which I think is way overblown. This concern that uh, parents are just going to keep their kids sitting around the trailer all day. And for what, why they'd want to do that, I, I don't know. No, they, they, the kids would drive them crazy. Right. And but you know what's really obscene, Ian, is that if you look at the Federal Department of Education... There are more people working in that department than there are school administrators on a local level. There really? Are, there are more people working in the Department of Agriculture than there are farmers. That's, a, that's incredible. It's crazy. It's just completely absurd. So my suggestion was going to be that uh, there could very, very well be a system of social ostracism that's set up. If this is a problem, and I don't think it would be, but if it turns out that this is a problem, that people start, you know, you go over to your friend's house and you find out that their kids are just dirty and they've been sitting around all day and they don't do anything and you say... Hey, Mary, why uh, why aren't your kids in school? Oh, well, I don't want them to learn anything. <laughs> uh, you know, what kind, what kind of an answer are you going to get from that yeah. question? Then you're going to find that people are going to start ostracizing uh, individuals, not only on a personal level, but also could happen on a business level. I mean, businesses want to have people that are educated working for them. Businesses want to have their employees be able to at least read and write in many cases. And so if a business person, uh, for instance, cares about those kids that are being ignored by their parents, they may have some sort of a requirement that says, well, hey, mom and dad, if you want to work for me, then you're going to have to send your kids to school. Now, we'll help you send them to school. You know, we'll give you a percentage of whatever. Uh, we'll donate something towards their education. Uh, we'll, it obviously we will happen. There, you know, if people can't afford to send their kids to school, we'll absolutely be able to send their kids to school. That's yeah. not going to be an issue. It's just ridiculous to talk otherwise. Please, if you don't understand that, call in. Give me, um, you know, I'll, I'll explain it to you. But that doesn't, the fact is, like this public school system that's so great, the government is this government school system that's so great. It's welfare for middle class people. It allows middle class people to send their kids to school for free. Well, look, I don't like. I don't want to pay for your kids. Do do I have to pay for your cat to eat too? Do I have to pay for your dog? I mean, why in the world am I paying this to educate your kids? This is wrong. And if I don't want to educate your kids, which I do not. 
because they're educating them in a fashion I don't want them educated. Mm-hmm. If I have to pay for your kids to be educated, then I should damn well be able to tell how they're going to be educated. And that's You're what making happens. me pay for it. Well, that's what happens. Everybody th- th- throws their hat into the ring who cares about how kids are educated, and they all go to school board meetings and argue with one another right. over what the, the only people way is. The only people who should decide what kids are educated on is the parents. Yep. And the only people that should pay for kids getting educated is the parents. Or they should go to some organization that's willing to educate their kids. Um, you know, yeah. the sisters, you can believe they're going to do it. Um, and if the, if kids end up with Catholic educations as a result, fine, good. That's right. the reason that we have a, a government education system in the first place is because people were scared that, um, you know, one religion would get dominance over another religion, so they created this. No, it was actually one religion that wanted to dominate over another religion. That's the that's Protestants why. over the, the Catholics. Or, or the other way around, I think. Right. One of those two. But the fact is, um, it's force. If yeah. I don't want to pay for your kid to go to school, if I don't want to pay for somebody else's kid to go to school, it, it, it comes out on the property taxes, and in the long run, somebody, some bureaucrat or another, is going to end up taking my house away from me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how great your government school system is, that you've got to force me by taking my damn house away to pay for it. Like, hey, look, these um, private schools out there, they're just asking for the money and people are giving it to them. Yep. But your government schools, your stinking, disgusting government schools, you've got to take my house away from me or, um, or else. Threaten. Yep. Yeah, you've got to threaten me. Any- your system stinks. Anything that's public funded always ends up being more expensive, a lot more expensive, and a lot less efficient. Every time. Every time. Like, uh, usually on the quantity of, like, five to eight times. And, and don't forget, even the poor who don't own homes still pay rent, and sure property taxes are built into the rent they pay. Uh, I was t- I've pointed out uh, many a time that here in Keene, the property taxes are crazy. $6,000 what I pay per year. If I could get that cut in half... I could reduce my rent over there by a hundred and a half, hundred and fifty bucks a month. If I could get that all cut out, I could knock uh, knock their rent down two hundred and fifty dollars a month. That's three thousand dollars a year. They wouldn't be paying me. That'll pay for school. Well, you know what? There's also some very good online homeschools now too. So as long as you have an so internet connection choices. in your house, so many choices. Can you yeah. imagine the the huge explosion in choice that we would have if we actually got the government out of this industry? Let's go to the phones to Mary Ellen on the amplifier line to control the airwaves. Mary Ellen, hello. You're in Utah. Hi. Hi. Nice to talk to you guys again. Yeah, it's been a while. What's on your mind? I was listening to uh, the show from a couple days ago, and you guys were talking about Daryl Gates and how he sort of invented the SWAT. Yeah, drug warrior Daryl Gates. Militarizing the police, as it were. Well, here's a story for you. Okay. It's it's a long, long time ago. It's about uh, the middle of the 70s, and we're hanging out one day, and... Somebody shows up with some tickets for a um, Pink Floyd concert down in L.A. Excellent. And and they didn't want to go. And I said, well, why don't you want to go? And they're saying, oh, we hear that uh, Daryl Gates is going to be having the SWAT team down there, and it's going to be weird, and it's going to be scary, and mm. we don't want to go. And I thought, well, that's a silly reason not to go see Pink Floyd. So we went, and it was weird. The first thing was they had one door open to get into the venue, mm-hmm. which was a huge venue. Oh um, the SWAT team was lined up. There had to have been at least two dozen officers just lined up in front of the thing, watching everybody. Mm. Weird. And then when you got inside, there was all these guys in red jackets We're watching running around, watching the pigs everybody. on the wing. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was a very strange concert because, you know, usually when you go to concerts, you talk to the people next to you and whatever, and... 
Right. Somebody likes it jointly, pass it along. And sure. You get it, and you either take a token, you pass it along. So that wasn't know, happening at this show, is what you're saying. Uh, oh, no. It was, like, violent. They were cracking down on the hippies. Oh, yeah. They were going to... Well, see, Daryl Gates had decided he was going to run for governor that year. So He's he was, a low-life he was, scumbag. He, he needed press if you figured this is how he's going to get yeah press. and he probably got a number of arrests as well i would guess shaken oh, down I'm uh, sure there was i'm yeah. sure there was i i didn't did it ruin I the show for you mary ellen out. did not it was a beautiful good show. deal glad you enjoyed it thanks for the call we appreciate hearing <laughs> well, from you no, no, hour no, number you two heard the punchline you haven't heard the punchline well, you'll have to hold it more is on the way this is your show it's free talk live would you like to help others find free talk live you can help us advertise market and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231, packet 8.net, toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. That number again, 1-800-259-9231. You bring up anything. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for access to their sites. We do it for free, freetalklive.com. Uh, we're starting the show out, or this hour actually, uh, hour number two, out with a call continuing from last hour because Mary Ellen in Utah says, and she's on our amplifier line, she says that her story's punchline is so good it's worth holding her over into the second hour for. But now we've got a recap because we've got new people tuning in. They don't mm-hmm. know what the story is. So I'll do that, Mary Ellen, and tell me if I get anything wrong. It's the uh, the early 1970s, late 60s. Daryl Gates has formed his first, the very first SWAT team in America. And, of course, as we know here on Free Talk Live, Daryl Gates is a major drug warrior. And, of course, that was one of the reasons why SWAT was formed in the first place. Apparently, there was a Pink Floyd concert. You and your friends uh, came across some tickets that somebody didn't want. You said, why on earth wouldn't you want to go to a Pink Floyd concert? And they said, well, we heard the SWAT team's going to be there raining on everyone's parade. And uh, so they gave you the tickets, and you went. And sure enough, the SWAT team was there, raining on everyone's parade. They were standing out front, all in their battle gear, or their black cloaks, or whatever it is that they're wearing. And uh, apparently, they were uh, they were in, they were I guess officers on the inside of the event, just sort of standing around in the crowd, watching for people who might light up a joint. <laughs> Snipers up on the rafters. Yeah. And so there were cops everywhere. And you said that despite all that, you managed to enjoy the concert, right? Oh yeah, I guess. They didn't bother me, but it was a weird concert environment. But here's here's the greatest part of the story. The next morning when we got up and opened up the papers to see what else has been going on in the world while we were at the concert, mm-hmm. oh, no. it turns out that all the all the drunks that were over at the Olympic Stadium watching the fights decided to riot. Oh, no. They ripped all the seats out of the stadium. They destroyed, I don't know, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of television. Wow. <laughs> there was no SWAT team to stop them. <laughs> and there was no, all the cops were here watching the hippies, hippies smoke pot. Hippies. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Just bizarre. I mean, just a total misplacement of priorities and uh, typical of the police. That's right. And all the restaurants around that stadium probably would have done much better if all the hippies could have smoked some pot. It's true. In the concert. It's true, Mary Ellen. That's uh, thank you for the punchline. We appreciate it. It really was worth waiting <laughs> thank for. You guys. See ya. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The packet eight dot net toll free line for you. Now, last hour uh, we started the the hour by talking about uh, schools in New Jersey that are going to be testing their students on a random basis for drinking. Now it was interesting because the story made the uh, point that. 
if kids are found to have, have had a drink within the past 80 hours, so they're going to test them on Monday to see if they drank over the weekend, if they f- are found uh, guilty of drinking, they won't be kicked off any sports teams. They won't be kicked off any extracurricular activities. Well, so they say. But... Like cheerleading. Well, that's the policy at this point. They could change it, I suppose. And I suggested that the reason why the policy was that way was not because they were concerned about the uh, the chess team, but because they were concerned that the cheerleading squad and the football players would be eradicated. I mean, if you test the cheerleaders on a random basis, you're going to find these girls are having uh, drinks uh, on a you know weekly basis or or maybe more often. And I w- was going to get to an article, and I'll, we'll do it now, from Newsweek, entitled Cheerleaders, Soldiers, Booze, and Sex. And that says it all. Because it's my suggestion, and it, it always has been, that there are some, uh, some pretty dirty goings-on behind the scenes in uh, many cheerleading organizations around the country. There are a lot of sort of hanky-panky, uh, things like that. Things Why that is it that you coaches. contend this? <laughs> because we've heard from people who have been involved in these organizations. We've heard all kinds of things on the air. They've made those allegations, and I have no reason to disbelieve them. And you see the stories in the news on a frequent enough basis. There's, I believe it's a tip of the iceberg. There are plenty of DVDs about this stuff, Ian. You there, know? Yeah, right. <laughs> it was uh, supposed to be a college day for the students of Ware Shoals High School in South Carolina, a chance to learn about educational prospects at a local institution. But according to police... Two of the school's cheerleaders ditched the event and instead headed to a motel with Jill Moore, their coach. Oh, no. There they met up for, and Jill, I'm looking at a picture of Jill. She's not a bad-looking lady. Uh, there they met up for a tryst. Is it tryst or tryst? Trist? I always thought it was tryst. Tryst with two National Guardsmen who recruit at the high school. Moore loosened things up. Now, Moore, again, the coach for the cheerleaders. Loosen things up by allegedly providing the girls with vodka. Then the cops say she retired to a room with one of the soldiers and set up a different room for the two cheerleaders and the other soldier to hook up. According to authorities, the second guardsman and, uh, and one of the girls later admitted that they had had a sexual relationship. The alleged incident is part of, uh, part of a wider scandal that has shaken Ware Shoals. With its titillating mix of cheerleaders, soldiers, booze, and sex, the story has drawn national media to a tiny 2,300-person town that until now... And has done some good for the uh, newspaper reporter that uh, broke this story, huh? ...was best known for its annual catfish festival. On January 18th, the city of Ware Shoals charged her with transferring beer to a minor. The Greenwood County Sheriff's Office charged more with contributing to the delinquency of a minor... Then on January 22nd, authorities charged the high school principal, Jane Blackwell, with obstruction of justice, accusing her of impeding their investigation into Moore's alleged misdeeds. The cover-up, I mean, the the cover-ups involved with these high school hijinks are amazing. The last cheerleader story involved a principal whose daughter was actually on the cheerleading squad. So you can understand that there would be some, some, I guess, malfeasance going on there. But in this case, there wasn't a direct connection. It was just that the principal wanted to protect her cheerleaders. Though the sheriff's office isn't bringing charges against the guardsmen, since all parties involved were at least 16, which happens to be the age of consent in South Carolina. And to that I say thank goodness. Those poor guys, I mean, at least... You know, at least they don't have to go to jail over this. They probably are going to get in some in, some trouble from the the military, but <clears throat> they should. But they shouldn't go to jail, and so that's no, good. I don't believe they should go to jail, but I think they should get reassigned. They've. Uh... But you now, wait a minute. You you're someone who advocates the age of consent should be 18. So you would wouldn't you normally be advocating that we should raise the age of consent? I think that the guardsmen. Um, I don't know what the guardsmen's ages are, and I would imagine that they're rather young. 
they're recruiters at the school, so I would think they're probably in their mid twenties. Just a guess. I just I think that there's uh, there should be ages and that kind of thing. Well, now the South Carolina legislature might be looking at raising the age of consent in the state because we need more people to sit in jail for having sex. More who also worked as a guy having consensual sex. This was totally consensual. It was that. Girls knew what they were getting into, and so did the guys. Moore, who also worked as a guidance office clerk at the school, stands accused of a litany of inappropriate behavior. Authorities accuse her of regularly buying alcohol and cigarettes for members of her squad. They say she brought along a cheerleader to the National Armory where the girl would distract other employees while Moore had sex with her guardsman lover, Thomas Fletcher. And they allege that she had a sexual relationship with a male high school student who once accompanied her to a Clemson athletic event while she boozed it up. Investigators say that Fletcher and the male student have admitted to sexual affairs with Moore, who's married with two children. Mm. But she says she's... Oh, and by the way, Fletcher, the uh, guardsman that she was in love with, is also married. But she says she's innocent of the charges. Her attorney says she's utterly distressed. She's almost catatonic. She cries all the time and says she feels like a bomb went off inside her. Mm-hmm. She, she hates pregnant. getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> getting caught. This sounds like a bad I movie. I can't handle getting caught. She's barely existing, says the attorney. <laughs> The accusations against Moore come as no surprise to many townspeople. After all, this is a town of 2,300. I don't imagine you could hide too much. One high school student says Moore used to buy beer for his sister when she was on the cheerleading team. It's been going on for a while. The parent of a current squad member says she heard of Moore's affair with a male student, but overlooked it because she considered Moore a good coach. and believed yeah, the boy She, to be she at was least doing 18. a good job with those cheerleaders. Corrupting all, them. Not all parents were as sanguine. Near the end of the last year, several contacted police to complain about the coach's behavior. Cops began investigating a few weeks ago, but say they quickly encountered resistance from the high school principal, Ms. Blackwell. When they visited the school after Moore's arrest, they say that Blackwell denied any knowledge of the coach's reported improprieties. Yet subsequent interviews with staff and Blackwell's own notes in a journal seized by police Uh indicated that she was indeed aware of some of the accusations. Moreover... Authorities learned that immediately after visiting the school, Blackwell summoned the cheerleading team and ordered the girls not to discuss more with anyone. So they're actually getting together the principal <laughs> and the cheerleaders, and they've got a, they've got a cone of silence essentially. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. I'm telling you tip of the iceberg. I wonder what that principal's up to. This isn't the only school where these things go on, and that's an excellent question as well. How's the principal involved? What sort of shenanigans are yeah. also going on behind the what scenes? What is Ms. Blackwell up to? What things have uh, have not come out about all of this? I this want to see her show. webcam. It is Free Talk Live. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away, including the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. So head over and uh, see what it's all about, wiki. freetalklive.com. Plus, uh, I'd like to invite you to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum and... Who's the most pro-liberty individual in the United States Congress? He's going to be there. Ron Paul. Register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th. Meet presidential candidate Congressman Ron Paul and other influential individuals who support your freedom. Register at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Also, you'll get to 
meet up with uh, other just regular um, individuals, uh, other liberty lovers who share the same value system, same beliefs uh, as about freedom as you do. I think that's going to be the most exciting part about it is, you know, Mark, when we came here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, it was, I think, the weekend after we got here that they had a little get-together. There was uh, Everyone was invited to come and meet us, and this is what happens for everyone. It wasn't just special for Free Talk Live. It was uh, for anybody that's new. There are these meet-and-greets, and people come, and they, they meet up. And I think we probably drew a l- larger crowd than other people would. But I would say there were people that came to see People see from all over the state came to Keene just to say hi to us and meet us, and it was uh, something like 40 people. It was pretty cool being in the same room with 40 people who all believe the same way. I expect we're going to have a few hundred people at this Liberty Forum, and I think it's just going to be an even more awesome feeling to uh, to experience. And I'm really looking forward to that. So you think, like three freedom. Or, you think like three or four hundred? Something I like don't that? know what the, I don't know what the estimates are. It seems like, I, don't I don't know, know how many they've got registered. I've just imagined it is bigger than that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think the I think the biggest Liberty event of the year uh, last year only pulled like 400 people. Mm. So well, th- they have billed this as uh, quite possibly one of the, the biggest Liberty event um, uh, of the year, if not ever. And that's why I mean, Stossel's going to be there. Yeah. And Ron Paul is is going to be there. He could could could. Um, announce his candidacy there he could it just it could happen i mean this is huge if you care about liberty i mean it it seems likely that you would want to go to something like this so we were talking about uh government schools and covering up apparently bad behavior on the part of the cheerleading squad the stories out of south carolina a small town known for their uh, seafood festival that or catfish festival rather that only 2300 people in the town all of a sudden has exploded into controversy where cheerleaders were essentially uh getting alcohol and cigarettes from their cheerleading uh from their guru from mm-hmm. the, uh, the the, the coach. coach on the squad the coach also set up two of the girls two of the cheerleaders with uh, some national guardsmen who recruited the high school they all went over to a motel together where they got it on apparently in this motel and this is just the tip of the iceberg apparently when the authorities contacted the the, the principal of the high school she ran cover for the cheerleading squad, <laughs> acted as though she didn't know what? anything. You when, in, know. when in fact there she knew. In fact, she had she had fielded complaints in the past. She covered it up. One girl apparently, uh, some students reported that Blackwell, this is the principal, instructed staffers to lock restroom doors between classes so that none of the students could send out text messages about the Moore case. Authorities became incensed. Nothing's more dangerous than mixing alcohol, teenagers, and automobiles, said the county sheriff. To have a school official facilitating, that is bad, but for a school to cover it up versus doing whatever was necessary to protect those kids, that's appalling. The attorney for the principal says she's completely innocent of all charges. There's got to be a TV movie on this someday. It would make a really juicy yeah. one, wouldn't like it? Like mm. Catfish and Vicious Sluts or something. Mm. The pedigrees of the accused women add another layer of drama to the story. Both reportedly come from well-established, influential old families. Can you believe that? Moore's father's the head of the Mount Gallagher Baptist Church. Moore is the coach who was providing the cheerleaders with alcohol, cigarettes. You do always say that the, the, it's the preacher's kids. The preacher's kids. No doubt about it. And you know what? You know how I know <laughs> He it? loves these kind of stereotypes. It's, he wouldn't stereotype anyone else in the world, but he but loves to stereotype. I'm only pointing it out because they're true. I've met the <laughs> preacher's true. kids. These stereotypes I've, are true. I've met people who've... Uh, preacher's I, kids I are, to, are, are hellraisers. They're all bad. I'm telling you that you, you try going to Christian camp sometime, Mark. I, um, I've been find, to Christian camp. Well, did you know the preacher's kids? 
I don't know that I paid any attention. Well, I met I lots of preacher's kids okay. in my life. I did pay attention. Some of them were really so good others. kids, and some of them were really well, bad they, a lot kids. Of them rebel against the, right. the, the, I would, the I would say that I think that preacher's kids um, have a tendency to be more extreme on the spectrums. I might give you that. It's possible that a preacher's kid can be well indoctrinated and be a good little kid, but on the other side, yes, it is the other extreme, and it, I think it's more. And I, I think it happens more often than not that they uh, that they go the other direction. I, anyway, Blackwell, the principal, lives in a handsome brick colonial on a large wooded lot, and herself is well connected. After all, her first cousin is the school superintendent. For that reason, oh some locals God. worry that the affair will get swept under the rug as soon as the publicity dies down, as one put it. But the They don't even know how to spell nepotism in this country little town. The judicial machinery has now been cranked into action. <laughs> Moore and Blackwell have both been charged and released on their own recognizance. Moore resigned from her positions at the school the day she was arrested, and Blackwell has been suspended. With pay, pending <laughs> the results of the investigation. Meanwhile, school officials are all the all the liquor she can drink and a and a guardsman to take care of her at yeah. the house. All the uh, the school officials are seeking to reassure parents their kids are safe. Education is going to go on as usual, says the school superintendent. We are taking steps to ensure our students are safe. That's our top priority right now. But some parents remain irate. Rosie Props <laughs> says her daughter, a cheerleader on the varsity squad, is now getting teased at school for being wild and loose. <laughs> Everyone's acting like it's all the cheerleaders, but it's only two that are involved, says Props. No, no, sweetie. It's only two that were caught. <laughs> the rest aren't wild. They're all victims, says the mom. Oh, sure. No, the rest of them aren't going to high school parties over the weekends, having sex with their boyfriends or anything like that. All the other rest of the girls in the squad, good little girls, of course. What do you think? Have you been involved in I don't think in you the... can say that every girl in the squad I'm is a bad girl. That. But they did protect this woman. And this, I can't, I find it difficult to imagine that they were on this squad for any length of time and mm -hmm. didn't know what was going on. Of course they knew what was going on. These so girls at the, talk. At the very, That's very least... Oh, please. Now you're, now you're making generalizations about women, and they're gossiping. The girls on the cheerleader squad, I'm <laughs> telling you, they talk a lot. You have never met a damn cheerleader. I've got one sitting in the room with me right now. What? Yeah. Exactly. I, I was not. Yeah, you were. You were the male cheerleader. <laughs> Come on, we all know it. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. If you've been involved in uh, cheerleading squads, you've seen the seedy underbelly of the world of cheerleading. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones. Eric in Texas, also a male cheerleader. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello. Hey, I'm no male cheerleader. Oh, I thought you were the other Eric. What's on your mind? Uh, I, I just want to talk about pet peeves and uh, how they seem to uh, drive all the nanny state laws that passed. Okay, give me an uh, example. Uh, well, like uh, language on TV. Uh, most uh, religious folks find it a, a huge pet peeve of theirs to hear any kind of uh, adverse language on mm. TV. So they get the FCC to patrol it for them. Okay. And mostly so, they just use the American Television Council. I mean, and and it, it seems to be they're they're more orchestrated. It's like the religious people are used by this particular organization. Um, but go I'm ahead. I'm sure there are religious people on the uh, staff of the organization. I'm sure that there are. I know so you, I've been. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to about my two biggest pet peeves and how they have free market solutions. I would like for you to hold on to that thought, and we'll come back to you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Pet peeves, if you've got them, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Were you a naughty cheerleader? Were you on the cheerleading squad? Do you know what really goes on behind the scenes? It's Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Anything goes. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, including archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there for your download and convenience. Front page of the website at freetalklive.com. Unlock the key to their hearts this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. They'll help you find the perfect way to express your love from the freshest cut flowers, expertly designed arrangements, unique gifts, and treats like the gourmet Cheryl and Company cookies and mouth-watering Fannie Mae chocolates and more. 1-800-Flowers.com, your florist of choice. Don't forget to use code FTL to save 10%. And they've got a Special going on until the 9th um, of February, which is uh, buy 12, get 12 free, plus a free vase for Sweet 40 deal. bucks. Sweet. All right, code FTL, 1-800-Flowers.com. As we go back to Eric in Texas, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Now, Eric, you're pointing out that people's pet peeves in life tend to get translated into laws. For instance, some people don't like hearing naughty language, so they lobby the FCC to ban it from the airwaves and enforce uh, their rules and regulations on broadcasters. But you wanted, you said you wanted to give us two examples of two pet peeves of yours, and was it free market solutions? Yes. Okay. Uh, my biggest pet peeve, uh, and this has come to light recently, here uh, last month, here in Austin, we've had really bad weather, so it's been very overcast, real misty, and people, uh, I don't know if it's stupidity or what, they don't turn their headlights on, uh, and it becomes can be very dangerous. Uh, but a lot of newer cars now are designed so that as soon as you start the car, the lights come on. The headlights, but not the taillights. The, well, the headlights and then the taillights by default. Well, no, they, the, the taillights aren't default. It's, uh, you know, the brake lights come on. The taillights are on running lights. Just the headlights are on. The taillights are not on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in, in my car, it's it's both. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so so the, uh, the free market has, has taken care of that problem. Obviously, not all cars have that feature yet, uh, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, and my second pet peeve is actually caused by the government, and that's the fact that I have to either walk or drive two blocks to pick up my mail. Why is that? Why do you, why do you have to do that? Uh, because the Postal Service has, has decreed that uh, everybody has to have these communal mailboxes. We can't have a mailbox in front of our house anymore. What? In Texas? Yeah. Uh-huh. I've never heard of such a thing. I don't understand. Wait, I, you live in an apartment or a house? I missed that point. I live in a house. It, it, this started in apartment complexes, but they have moved it out to residential neighborhoods now. So all really? new residential neighborhoods have to have these these clusters of mailboxes in certain areas. So they've got, like, locks on them, sort of like you see in an apartment building? Exactly. Same exact setup. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard of such a thing. Now, is, so is this only in Austin? Is it all of Texas? How- it's everywhere I've lived here in Texas. Huh. I, I've never seen that in uh, in Florida, and I've not certainly don't see it here in uh, in New Hampshire. I mean, here in New Hampshire, the postal employees walk around. Yeah. Well, it's uh, if it's an existing neighborhood, they don't have it. They've been trying to push it through for existing neighborhoods, 
but all new neighborhoods have to have this set up. Wow. So you actually have to go to the front of the neighborhood where there's some sort of postal zone uh, where they have mailboxes. You've got a, a key for a lockbox to get in. Yep. And it's not covered, of course, so if it's pouring down rain, you got to get soaked to get your mail. I lived in a community in, in Florida, a newer community that had that that type of mailbox system mm-hmm. and the problem is a is it does leak so a lot of your mail gets wet inside the box yes yeah, sometimes the, oh, it yeah. will actually leak and the <laughs> other problem is it's not completely secure so people can steal your mail a lot easier than if it's in front how of your is house it not, how is it not completely secure you, you can pick the lock somebody could pick the locks if they okay. want to steal your mail right and steal and your identity and nobody's around so it's easier to do i guess it's one-stop shopping exactly wow and, and, and the problem is caused by the the government enforced postal monopoly yeah it sure is um uh, that's that's pretty stunning i didn't even know that existed uh thanks for bringing it to my attention uh, it, did you have a solution as far as how the market might handle this because i find it difficult uh i think that, that replacing the postal service is a is a difficult issue for a lot of people i think along with the roads they don't understand how the marketplace could handle delivering first class mail i i don't see how it could be so confusing i mean uh, FedEx and UPS are already much better at delivering packages. Uh, who's who could possibly think they wouldn't do such a good job with first-class mail? I think people are scared, and I understand their their fear. I think the people are scared that if, and I think they're right that if we were to turn it over to the marketplace, there wouldn't be subsidies anymore. Because the uh, postal service is heavily subsidized as far as their prices are concerned, they're not market prices. So it probably costs more than thirty-nine cents to deliver a letter. Um, and, and so in that case, if we were to turn it over to the marketplace, we may see uh, a rate of a dollar for a letter. However, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's good oh. because in today's world of email, if it's really important. If it's that important that you can't just send an email to somebody, then it'll be worth it paying the dollar. And having it cost a dollar is going to eliminate a bunch of direct mail advertisers, which right now is uh, something that uh, we, we get taken advantage of. They get a better rate anyway. They get a better rate than I do, these direct mail advertisers. What the heck? Why should they be getting a better rate? Not to mention, let's say I had FedEx as my, my mail service. Mm-hmm. They might have a feature where I could sign up to... Uh, not have them deliver any junk mail to me. Yeah, sort of like a spam blocker for mail. Yes, exactly. I think it's a great. Uh, I think it's a great idea. I think the more that we put our minds to it, the more that we think about uh, possible solutions for getting rid of the postal service, uh, the more realistic it'll become in people's minds. And Eric, thanks for the brainstorm. We appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number because I think that's going to be a major stumbling block for a lot of people. Like if if here in New Hampshire uh, we are successful, not that. Not that you support this movement, Mark, but there are a number of people that wouldn't mind seeing New Hampshire secede from the Union. At that point, the federal government certainly isn't going to be interested in providing mail to the state of New Hampshire anymore, in which case, what would replace it? That's something we've got we to think about. And I think it would just be I don't better. think we have to think about it. I think that uh, it'll spring up on its own. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. But there has to be some sort of a transition, uh, transitionary phase. I mean, would they deliver the mail to uh, locations on the border of the state and then that would be picked up by private couriers? Uh, or, I mean, how would that be handled? Well, um, I don't know uh, how the post office would uh, choose to handle it from there, but... Right, because well, because UPS and FedEx are banned by federal law from competing in the the uh, in the first class mail market. They can't compete at uh, for mail under a dollar by law. They can't. 
So if you're in Florida or Texas and you want to send a piece of mail to New Hampshire, then how could you? You couldn't send it via UPS or FedEx because you'd, they'd be violating the law by picking it up in Florida. You'd have to send it by the Postal Service, or you'd have to pay more than a dollar uh, for the service. Maybe that's just what would happen. Maybe they would make a dollar-plus rate and uh, get around it that way. I, I think know. that you'd see a lot of uh, general delivery going on. What do you mean? General delivery is usually when it's uh, sent to a post office in a given area, mm-hmm. like uh, the Keene Post Office. General delivery, Ian Bernard, Keene, New Hampshire. I see. And that's how it's done. And you go that's pick it up Something like that. Well, I like having a private mailbox. I'm a huge fan of private mailboxes. I like the idea of having uh, the, you know, a location that you go to that's secure. It's, it's private. You go and you can pick up your mail. They hold it for you. They accept packages. I, always never, I never really liked the idea of just leaving a package on my front step. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm concerned with uh, people running off with things here in New Hampshire. I think people are just generally more honest up here. Uh, but down in Florida, I was a little bit concerned having packages just delivered on the front, uh, the front porch. And so it's it's a nice feeling that somebody's going to be there to receive the package for you. And maybe those services would become more prolific. Maybe they would become more uh, more established and uh, and cheaper. I don't know. It would absolutely. That would happen at some point. If you've got a suggestion as to how you think we can get rid of the post office and a maybe a vision, a market-based vision for how it would be replaced, I'd be interested to hear it at 800-259-9231. Because the cool thing about the marketplace is that it's not just the hosts of Free Talk Live that have to figure out how to do everything. In the marketplace, people in search of a profit. You know, you and I, Wayne, Mark, and I, we're just sitting here doing a radio show. We're not actually going to go into the mail business and make money off of this, so we're just trying to come up with ideas. But if you're somebody who's looking to profit, if you're someone who's seeking uh, some, some money, then you're going to come up with some creative, innovative ways to get mail delivered to people and satisfy customers. So that's what I'm looking for. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Tunnels on the way. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away, that we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by, for instance, becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, like over 320 of our listeners have decided to do for as little as $3 a month. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn about the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and it's a simple concept. The idea is if you like the show and you want to help support us, that is, help us get on more radio stations, help us uh, get more Internet listeners on board, then send us 3 bucks a month through the AMP program, and we'll take it and turn it around into promoting the show. It's working. You can see the evidence. You can see where we're spending the money. It's all there at amp.freetalklive.com. It's making a huge difference. It really is. And uh, it's allowing us to, to do outreach in a way that we would never be able to do, that we would, like, right now... With you out there doing sales finally full-time, Mark, we would just now be starting to do some of these things. I mean, just now, barely be able to, to do any We wouldn't be able to do any of that. Not yet. much of it. But not no. much of it. We could do a little bit, but not much. Maybe. Uh, no. AMP's, so AMP's making, all making this happen. Yeah. So amp.freetalklive.com. For more information there, you get, uh, you get some interesting uh, perks as well. All right. So to the phones we go. Let's talk to Lester in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Lester. Yes. Hi. There? Yeah, we're here. What's on your mind? Well, you're talking about the Postal Service. If you want to take and change the postal system, the easiest way is to quit using it. Okay. Now, I don't know if it's illegal to take down your mailbox or not. 
I don't know how the laws are on that. I mean, I got a mailbox out in front of my house, but do you by law have to have one? I don't know about that. That's an interesting question. I never thought about it, you know, until you're sitting here talking about well, it. Well, I know that there are laws about the types of mailboxes you can have. They have to be approved by the Postmaster General, but I wouldn't think that there would be a law that you would have to have one. I don't know. That's an excellent question. If you work for the post office and you can answer that, 800-259-9231. Lester, I support what you say, but I'm wondering, how do I get the power company, which in some people's uh, instances is, in fact, another government entity itself, Mm. um, how do I get the power company to send me my bill? Some some organizations would be happy to uh, go ahead and um, bill me via email, mostly credit cards and um, cell phone companies. They've got that kind of... Uh, oh, yeah. well, the forward I, thinking. Well, you, you, all your electric, all your billing, you can do all your billing over over the internet. Well, now. plus Mark, I can pay them all, but mailbox. I won't know what they are. But you do have a private mailbox. You could have them send the bill there. I happen to, and I generally do not use the mailbox that's on my house. Although some organizations have found it necessary to send me crap, I then call them up and I berate them um, for you know disobeying mm-hmm. my uh, orders, and I write you know write them a note and make it clear. Look, I don't want any mail sent here. Well, you know, I don't know about you, but I get ten times as much junk mail as I do bills. Totally. But I mean, that doesn't um, handle the issue, what you're talking about, Ian. I have a private mailbox, private mailbox, but the post office still delivers letters to it. What Lester's suggesting well, is the way to get rid of the post office is to stop using it, and that a principled individual wouldn't use the mail. Yeah. But the well, trick is getting the, the people that are sending you things to stop using the mail, too. That's the other side of it. Well, if More, they couldn't get, get it to you, they'd have to UPS it or... FedEx it or... I suppose. More have, and more people. Either that or the mailman would have to take and drive in the drive and take and put it on my porch or whatever, you know? I mean... That's what they do here. They actually walk around and uh, we've got a mailbox on our porch. They have to walk up to and put stuff in. It's still very inefficient uh, in many cases to send mail. I, I have a lot of companies now that send me invoices as PDFs uh, attached to an email. Absolutely. Much more efficient way to send certain information. Faster. Right, and you can't say it got lost in the mail. No, you can't. So there you go. Uh, Lester, anything else on your mind? No, I was just wondering if it was actually a law that you had to have a, had, had to have a mailbox. That's an excellent question, and if you ever find out, let me know. Thanks for the call, okay. man. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's something I've sort of wondered about over time as well. Like, let me just take down my mailbox and see what happens. <laughs> I haven't wondered that. How is somebody going to find your house? Say, oh, well, you could still big... have numbers. Yeah, you could have a number on there, but a lot of people right. have the number right on their mailbox. It's true. Around here, I'm telling you, though, there's no. I haven't seen a mailbox out here. I guess they probably have them out in the more rural areas or something like that. But yeah. You mean a mailbox on the side of the road. Yeah, Most the people city. have mailboxes on their houses here. Right. In the city of Keene, nothing on the side of the road. Mm. All right. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Let's go to uh, t- tunnels, Wayne. Tunnels. You, you were telling me that you've got a story about multiple tunnels on the southern border. Yeah, apparently you may have heard about this, but there were seven large tunnels beneath the U.S.-Mexican border. And apparently they're at raising... At least, I would think. At least. Seven that they know about. Right. And I'm sure they know about most of them, but, uh, but they're raising security concerns. Uh, this was from the Associated Press from today uh, out of San Diego. While key entrance and exit points have been plugged in some of the biggest tunnels used to ferry people and drugs across the U.S.-Mexico border... The passageways remain largely intact, raising concerns smugglers reuse them, according to a published report. In recent years, dozens of tunnels have been discovered running under the border. The smaller, more crudely constructed passages are easily destroyed, authorities say. Mm -hmm. 
but the larger, more elaborate tunnels require enormous amounts of material and expertise to fill. Sure. The task to jam up an entire route is also costly and sometimes complicated if the tunnels run under private property, authorities say. I believe it. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? These uh, The drug gangs down in Mexico have a, a, a tremendous budget. Mm-hmm. And so as you're in there filling in the tunnel yeah, right. that they've created, they're digging another one. Two. Right. Yes. Well, according to a report in Tuesday's Los Angeles Times, seven of the largest tunnels discovered under the U.S.-Mexico border have yet to be filled in including the so-called Grande Tunnel found in <laughs> January well, 2006. Unique. Grande, yes. Let's go Grande. Um, and Sponsored, ex- brought to you by Taco Bell. All right, Wayne. <laughs> and it extends nearly half a mile from San Diego to Tijuana. Filling those tunnels would cost about $2.7 million, according to Holy U.S. Customs crap. and Border pro- Protection <laughs> this Officials. Is, this is how insane. inefficient the government is. Yeah. They can't fill in a hole for less than $2 million. Right. Yes. They can't fill in a hole for less than $2 million. <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that, though, Mark, because uh, they are under private property, and some of the holes are actually, they start in Mexico, and they don't have jurisdiction. They can't go into Mexico and fill them that way. Right. Hey, and what if I want this tunnel under my private property, huh? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Well, the responsibility for filling them was assigned to the Customs and Border Protection in 2003 after the Department of Homeland Security was created. The 2007 budget for the border agency is $7.8 billion. A concern with leaving the tunnels open is the reuse of them by smugglers who dig around the plugged entrance points. In Nogales, Arizona, traffickers have used one tunnel three times over a four-year span and smugglers have used the concrete that plugs tunnel exits and entrances to make support walls and ceilings for new tunnels. Really? Yeah, very interesting. How do you do that? Well, you they melt the concrete down somehow? How do you They current? probably chip it or, or chip it out or, and, and probably dig it out and then have a few people huh. um, move it over to another spot where they can use it as a, as a reinforcement uh, for another tunnel. Mexican authorities have told their U.S. counterparts they fill, they fill their end of the tunnels, but U.S. officials express doubt, citing the high costs and examples of tunnels being compromised. Well, there's also corruption as well. I mean, that's another, that's another factor. Obviously. They might, they might be saying they're filling the entrances, but as you're pointing out, Wayne, it doesn't matter. They can't afford to fill the entire tunnel. What a costly, time-consuming process, and it doesn't matter anyway because, as I pointed out, they'll just be building another one as you're filling that one. It's an endless process trying to catch these people. You'll never win, government, and they they know they're never going to win. They don't care win. if they That's win right. or not. They just want $2 million to fill a tunnel. And U.S. authorities have, have teamed with structural and civil engineers and geologists to devise ways to close tunnels. They've experimented with a type of concrete that will cave in if smugglers use it for support. (laughs) Now they're endangering people's lives. They don't care. I mean, my God. I mean, how cruel. They're bad, bad men, Mark. Bad men. Not just just the people that are digging the tunnel. Oh, my God. They're just... This is sick, dude. It's sick stuff. The tunnels are so cool, though. In all those movies of of the German concentration camps where they make the tunnels, that's my favorite part of the movie, when they do the tunnels. I've seen the pictures of the ones that you're talking about, the big ones. I mean, they are impressive. There's enough room. I mean, there's more than enough room to uh, to have multiple people walking through there and and even, like, pushing carts and uh, little conveyors of, of just product, just pounds and pounds of marijuana and cocaine. 
all going through these tunnels. You know, I suspect if I rigged up, um, you know, my doorway on my business that I had been burglarized, say the back door on my business that had been burglarized several times with a shotgun, mm-hmm. that if you opened the door and it, uh, you know, the trigger would be pulled and right. somebody would be shot. If I rigged this up so that a burglar would get blown away, I'd be charged with murder. Yeah, you might be. But they're experimenting with concrete that will cave in if they use it in support, um, use it as support. They're just essentially doing the same thing. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. You take control of the airwaves. It's April in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, April, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, I wanted to tell you about something that's going on. We, My parents have a cattle ranch down there in central California in the mm-hmm. foothills outside of Fresno. And um, my, my brother's a cowboy. And what's going on down there is in those foothills of Fresno County, there are great big, large marijuana plantations that are being uh, gardened by illegal aliens. I would like you to tell me a little bit more about it. If you could hold on, we'll discuss this in detail. Hang on, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is on the way. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching in hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away, and so enjoy them. They're on us, freetalklive.com. Back to the phones, back to the fun. April in Montana, listening on KGEZ. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian, Wayne, and Mark. Now, April, you had just begun to get into your topic when we had to go to the news break. So I want to let you uh, recap your concern with the situation down in California. Well, uh, my my brother's a cowboy. My dad's a cattle rancher down in central California. They live outside in the foothills outside of Fresno. And um, what's going on there is a lot of those big ranches um, have there are great big marijuana plantations Excellent. on these ranches that are not, uh, and they're not. They're not being they're not being gardened by the people who own the property. They're being guarded by illegal aliens. So and is it just because they're so large aliens. they can't be tracked? Is that what it is? The the ranches are just so big that they can't figure out the people are growing pot. Yeah, like yeah, like for example, you know, a lot of these areas they have a lot of oak, uh, poison oak, and thick underbrush. Mm-hmm. My brother, you know, he was riding along. He's he's in his mid-twenties, he was riding along with his dogs, and he rode up into a cul-de-sac to get some cows, and he rode into a big, one of these big plantations, and three Mexicans came out holding automatic weapons and held him at gunpoint, mm-hmm. got him down off of his horse, and had him there. They were going to kill him, and he begged for his life right. and told him that, you know, he had two little girls, and he said... You know, if I disappear, they're gonna. They know where I came today, and they're gonna be coming. At least one of my dogs is gonna get back, and they're gonna know that. You know, you're gonna have to kill my horse too, and they're gonna know they're gonna come up looking for you, and they're gonna find all. Sure. So they let him go. um, They ended up letting him go with a promise that he was supposed to not say anything. Good. 
Good. You know, it, well, um, you, now you mentioned it's Mexicans down in California, but in Kentucky it's not Mexicans. And in, uh, in the other states where uh, marijuana is grown illegally, it's, uh, it's you know, white people and black people and Hispanics. I mean, all well, kinds of people are involved a, in the marijuana trade. So I just want to make sure that you're not just attacking illegal immigrants here. These are just people who are growing black market marijuana. But I want you to understand marijuana. that in this area, like for an example... They can't, they make a big deal about it when they catch some little, some local kids with, you know, a few pot plants in the backyard and the media's all over it and the, and the sheriff's department makes it sound like they're really doing something big. Meanwhile, these guys are coming back to the same places every year. They have PVC pipe they have set up because there's springs in the mountains and they know Are you where the saying that Mexican are. people are the only people that grow pot? Because no, it seems I'm to me that the white people the, in America that grow pot are probably just paying off the authorities if you're second. not seeing any big stories. Okay, hey, would you let me finish my story? Would you let me explain what, what I'm talking about? I, I, okay, I, I kind of get what on. you're saying. The Mexican mafia has is setting up these big plantations in the Fresno County area in the foothills, okay? Mm-hmm. We, we, we believe that it must be the Mexican mafia. These are organized big things. They'll have sure, five or sure. six thousand plants in of these. Of course. It's, the, it's and, drugs. I mean, there's a lot of money in it, of course. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is is that the local sheriff's department, when we alert them to these places, now this is a thing. Our family could give a rip whether people grow it or smoke it. That's but the good. problem that we have with it is we have a problem when we're held at gunpoint right. on our own property. Sure. We also have a problem when... You know, if they're growing it up there and there's a bust, they might try to say, you know, the, the authorities might at some point try to say that we were involved in it or that we knew about it and sure. we'll lose our property. Mm-hmm. So I presume that so, you've come to the same conclusion that I have then, April, and that is that we need to fully legalize marijuana. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. That'll solve the issue. I mean, then there's no more uh, illegal growing. There's no more plantations like you're talking about. It'll all be done legally on individuals' property. There's no guns. There's no violence. Uh, there's no ex- extreme uh, black market profits. It would solve the problem. But, but what, I'm, what I want to explain to you is, you know, when we went to the, when we went to the authorities, we, we called them and they said, okay, you know, we'll get back to you. Well, we, we waited and waited and waited, and, and it basically destroyed our quality of living in that area because, like, my sister-in-law and I, we used to go out and we used to take the quad with fee out to the cows up on the ranch and stuff, and we can't do that anymore because we have, we, you know, we're afraid to go up there. My daughters, sure. my daughters can't go, you, might, you know, you... go up the creek and hunt and, yeah. and you know, go go climbing around because we don't know where these guys are. Not there. only that, but you, um, but on black market marijuana plantations, you also have to look out for booby traps. Um, even if there aren't individuals standing guard, in many cases, there are very deadly, very dangerous booby traps that are uh, that are set up in order to catch uh, catch uh, tr- trespassers, so, so-called. I know you're saying they're um, growing on other people's land, but also another reason why you probably aren't hearing back from the sheriff's department is because they're probably taking payments to protect these guys. Well, you know, we have to wonder that, and they, they wouldn't do anything. So finally what we did was we made my parents' property is right along a fairly well-used uh, tourist road. So we took a big 8 by 10 or a big, uh, you know, big piece of plywood, and we put a sign on it, and it said, Caution, next three miles, marijuana plantation guarded by armed Mexicans. You know, be careful. <laughs> and we left it Good up for you. and put it alongside the road. And then pretty soon all the neighbors started complaining, and the next thing we knew, they had a big drug bust. And when they did, they, um, you know, the guys fought back. They had to haul a helicopter in. 
you know, it was a big deal. And I mean, it was all over. Everybody, all mm-hmm. the locals knew about it. And it didn't, there wasn't even a peep in the local media about it. Yeah, it's and all so unnecessary. If, if we would just legalize drugs, the black market would disappear virtually overnight. The violence would go away and people would be safe again. And it's really just a, it's a sad story what you're telling, April, and I feel terrible for the people that own property down there um, and all around the, the country. People who accidentally run into a marijuana plantation uh, put their lives at risk. You're just walking through the forest one day, and then all of a sudden you encounter either violent men with guns or uh, dangerous booby traps. And it's all only happening because the government has to uh, run this insane war on drugs that we're dealing with. Thank you for the story. We really appreciate hearing from you. Okay, thank Eight, you very much. Yep, Bye. 800-259-9231. All because of the war on drugs. All of it. It's true. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's, there, you can't blame it on anything else. What happened there happened because of the war on drugs. Right. And there are people who, I mean, it, she mentioned the Mexican thing. It's just because of that was in Southern California. Here in Kentucky, for instance, it's going to be some good old boys. Right. I mean, it, same thing. You're going to have gang members essentially guarding their very valuable plots of and marijuana. people are going to hold grudges against those gang members mm-hmm. because they're holding them hostage. And I sure. absolutely would, too. And, you know, I, I don't feel bad about any epithets that are tossed in that general direction. Direction, but I, I think that it should be pointed out that, in fact, what the problem here is the war on drugs. Absolutely. And quite possibly the war on immigration um, that's currently going on because a lot of these guys are probably indentured servants to some extent i mean they wouldn't right. they wouldn't have to work underground to make decent pay if it wasn't for the you know their illegal status so yeah you know whenever they declare a war on anything you gotta, you have to watch out because what they do is they manipulate the mob they get the mob in a frenzy whether it's the war on drugs from the 80s or the war on immigration now they get the they get the mob into a frenzy help us do something do you mean something the mob of people not the yeah, mafia the mob yeah gotcha. the mob of people the, the the democracy and once the mob of people gets all upset then of course they have this nice little shiny package they give you here's our fix and you don't realize there's a Trojan horse inside, and that mm-hmm. Trojan horse is a loss of freedom and liberty. It happens every time, and you have every to be aware of it. Every single time. 1-800-259. Every time the government gives you a solution. 9231. Speaking of loss of freedom and uh, liberty and immigration, well, here's some news out of Washington. The AP reporting that the Bush administration is proposing to nearly double the cost of becoming a U.S. citizen and drastically raise the cost of becoming a legal permanent resident. They're looking at raising the fees for mm-hmm. the citizenship and immigration services. Now, because that accomplishes what? It will uh, accomplish locking out more poor people from coming to the United States. No, no, it won't stop them from coming to the United States. Legally. Yes, it'll legally. stop them from coming to the United States legally. Yeah, let's see. I've got pennies to my name. Do I want to come and fill out a bunch of paperwork and pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars in fees? Or do I want to just come on over yeah. and take my chances? The Bush uh, Citizenship and Immigration Services Division of the Department of Homeland Security announced Wednesday it wants to raise the application fee from citizenship for citizenship from $330 to $595. That's just for the application. Remember, it's an application, therefore it can be denied. Sorry, apply again next year. Good luck. 800-259-9231. There's more about the fees coming up here. Cha-ching. Your calls as well about whatever's on your mind at 1-800-259-9231. In a free country, so-called, you shouldn't have to pay off a gang of thugs in order to be uh, granted admission to that so-called free country. That's what's going on here. That's what the government is in this case. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. You take control. 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female listeners await you. Dozens and dozens of ladies from around the world have sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. And does your company have a bunch of unpaid receivables just sitting out there? Well, try SACL CAI. They do collection in a whole new way. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Record every customer interaction so you can check their work. Let SACL CAI handle any or all of your account's receivable needs. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Talking about the customs department at the federal level, apparently, Citizenship and Immigration Services is what it's called. See, there's two different divisions. There's Citizenship and Immigration Services for the bureaucrats that process applications for citizenship. And then there's ICE, which is the Enforcement Division. Right. All right. So they're looking at raising the application fee for citizenship from $330 to $595. Also, they want to raise the fee for becoming a permanent resident from $325 to $905. Now, as I recall, there was a poem, and I don't know, maybe it's not there anymore on the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. I believe Emma Lazarus wrote it, and it's called <laughs> The New Colossus. And Did they chip it off? It's a very, very beautiful poem, and I, I think we should probably just pull it up here, Mark. Maybe you can uh, dig it up as I continue the story. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's been uh, – in fact, I think somebody emailed me, and I'll see if I can pull that up as well. They, they emailed me saying that apparently the poem has actually been changed on uh, on the New Colossus or the Statue of Liberty. So uh, we'll get to that. But first, uh, the agency plans to eliminate other costs those legal residency applicants often pay while they're waiting for their permanent residency to be final. Emilio Gonzalez, the Citizenship and Immigration Services Director, said more than 99% of the agency's costs are paid for with application fees. Oh, really? Hmm. So that must mean there's a lot of people applying but getting denied, right? Because they can only, by the, the rules that they have, they can only allow so many hundreds of thousands of people to actually have their applications approved. So they must be getting just buku application fees and just denying a bunch of people, making them apply again. The increases, he says, are needed to make up for lost revenue and to help the agency become, quote, the immigration service of the 21st century. <laughs> I love your official bureaucrat voice. We need to grow. Nonsense. He says we need to grow. We need to strengthen. We need to modernize. We need to provide the very best possible customer service. <laughs> customer. <laughs> Who's your customer service? service? You know that's like saying that you're a customer of the Internal Revenue Service as well. I, I'm sorry. You, you. I don't think the term customer can apply when you're dealing with government agencies. At least government agencies that have mandates over your livelihood, that have control over your freedom. You are a subject. Not a customer. You know, absolutely. If you're a customer, you could go to some competing uh, organization and, and be serviced by them. But Or, or not, you could choose not to use them and use somebody else. Yeah, but you don't have that choice right. with government. It's one service, and you can only use this service. If you try to go around it, they're going to send the guys from ICE after you, uh, pull you out of your home in the middle of the night, or perhaps uh, pull you out of your job and take you away from your children. You'll never see them again. Mm. And then they deport you back to your uh, your home country. Well, it sounds like there's a greater incentive not to go through the system. 
you mean by them raising the fees? Absolutely. Sure, just one more reason to stay away from the legal system. I don't blame them. The agency said the new fees would reduce average application processing times by 20% by the end of September 2009. Can you believe that? Government agencies com- uh, actually claiming that they'll become more efficient by if we just give them more money? Does anyone <laughs> who's listening to this show right now really believe that? Does anybody really believe that? That the government, any government program is going to get more efficient because you give it more money? It's nonsense. It's never happened. It's like trying to cure obesity by loosening your belt. <laughs> the agency said the new fees would. Uh, oh, the agency said it would raise two billion dollars over those two years from the fee increases. The money is to be spent on improving immigration offices. Got to buy more chairs. You know, you got to have the plush, uh, the, the, the leather, leather chairs. Leather. Uh, the money also will go to improving technology. You remember the story about the the FBI? Apparently, they don't even have all of their employees with email addresses yet. Mm-hmm. They, That's because they don't have a working computer system. Right. They had in the FBI people. Right. These. The, this is the Federal Bureau of Investigations is keeping you safe. This is the only police organization between you and the terrorists, apparently. Yeah, but they have lots of guns, guys. But, you're right, but they don't have. They can't make a working e. Um, if they shoot the computer wrong person, system. Yeah. The yeah. money's oh, to be spent also on hiring and training more bureaucrats, background checks of immigrants, and speeding up completing applications. Remember, we uh, there was a story also recently about how the applications are backed up by over a year. As I understand it, wasn't that the statistic, Mark? I mean, it was like, oh, uh, they're just now getting to processing 2004 or 2005. I can't imagine they're that far along. I mean, we're talking about government bureaucrats here. Applicants. If you've ever seen what they do with applications like this, especially when nobody's standing there next to them going, hey, can I have my damn application yeah. now, please? It, take, it does. It takes them years and years oh, no, and years. <laughs> put down the donut first. Uh, applicants now pay a seventy uh, dollars fingerprinting fee. The agency wants to increase that to eighty dollars because it costs more now. Uh, <laughs> fees are also paid for uh, paid for seventy dollars to fingerprint somebody. Wait, I mean that's so it's so obvious that these people work outside of the marketplace. How much could it possibly cost to fingerprint someone? I mean, it doesn't take a lot of time. You put the person's hand on the the ink. And then you put it on the piece of paper, and then you do the other hand and put that on a piece of paper. Maybe write their name on the the piece of paper and and file it in a filing cabinet. I mean, maximum maximum fifteen minutes. A uh, piece of paper, ink. Not a lot of costs involved there. They're not so, motivated. Right. There is no motivation to get this done, and that's the problem with having the government do things. The largest. They're not motivated. The largest increases are a jump from four hundred and seventy-five dollars to two thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars. This one's for entrepreneurs who want to immigrate to the country and plan to invest in businesses and create jobs. Boy, we wouldn't want anybody coming here and uh, creating their own businesses. I mean, we've got to make it prohibitively expensive for that. I mean, we've got to protect American businesses by uh, not allowing these entrepreneurs to come over here. Let's jump it from $475 to more than five times that amount, $2,800. That's significant. And then they have to go, if they can pay the 2800 then they have to go and jump through all the other regulatory hoops, the health code, the building code, the fire code, the permits. I mean, it's so hard to start a business in this country. And now it's even more difficult for entrepreneurs to do it. When the statistics show that, I believe it's one quarter, a full one quarter of businesses started in the United States are started by immigrants. These guys are coming here creating jobs for Americans. They're coming here and creating opportunities for you guys. And you want this government to continue standing in their way? 
If you think this is a good idea, I'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. Oh, don't forget the increase from $180 to $1,370 for people still applying to be legal residents under the 1986 immigration law that granted amnesty. $1,300 now, over 180 for people applying to be legal residents under a 1986 law. Are there people still applying 20 years later? Is that what they're talking about? I don't really understand. 1-800-259-9231, the toll-free Is the government number. still that that's behind? You take control of the airwaves. I don't know. I could be misinterpreting that, but they're definitely behind. They're definitely slow. They're definitely bureaucratic, and they need to go away. They're impeding freedom. The new Colossus. There is a new version. We'll get to that on the way. This is your show. You take control. Anything goes. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. Packet8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Bulletin board system awaits you. Over 180,000 posts. We've got over 1,400 people interacting. It's free and fun. So head over to bbs.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Plus... Don't forget to get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. You can meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. It's happening February 23rd through the 25th. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information and to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We've been talking about immigration, the federal government looking at increasing the fees they charge people that uh, want to actually go through the process of coming to the United States legally. And personally, I think we should just abolish the entire organization, the Citizenship Bureau or whatever it is that they're called. It's the Citizenship and Immigration Services. And now their services are about to double and triple and quadruple and quintuple in price. It's it's not that easy. I mean, the Citizenship Service in, in and of itself... Hey, it's not took, easy. It's not easy. Um, we have we well. It's not just so easy as say let's get rid of it because there's a lot of issues that go along with it. Like what, what do you like welfare? Yeah, well, we get rid of welfare too. Okay, well, you, you've got to say that. Okay. Um, what about uh, hospitals that have to treat? Uh, That's welfare. Six, it's not welfare, but it's it's a, it's, it's a law. It's a mandate that will. Okay, yes, but th- that'll go away too. Those laws will go away. Okay. Um, so how about? Uh, what are you going to do about terrorists? Terrorists sneaking across the border. I'm concerned about that. The what about schools? The terrorists that allegedly did 9-11 were here legally. So That's what are you going to do then? So I'm not too concerned. I would personally leave it up to the marketplace to provide security. I trust the marketplace far more than I would the government. And what about schools? Well, we've yeah. already touched on that tonight. Market schools. No more government schools. So this all has to be done. So I, sh- I wouldn't be forced to pay for any illegal alien of not. schooling. Of course not. In fact, that's one of the points that the... Uh, the opposition makes here. De- Edward Kennedy from Massachusetts, um, who's actually against the price raise, uh, raises, says it would price the American dream out of reach for qualified immigrants. Now, while I agree with that statement, I also don't think Ed Kennedy would be interested in removing the bureaucracy entirely. I mean, if if uh, a $700 fee prices them out of the uh, American dream, why doesn't a $300 fee right. price them out? Let's mm-hmm. get rid of all of the fees. But then... You know, because freedom's just a lot easier than what these politicians have in mind. Totally. 
But that's not what any of them have in mind. They don't have freedom in mind. They just want more controls, like Representative Lamar Smith from Texas, who is, uh, he said, it was right for the people who benefit to pay the cost of that benefit, not taxpayers. And I see where he's coming from. And for a a fiscal conservative, that statement's going to resonate. They're going to say, yeah, user fee. We shouldn't, us taxpayers shouldn't have to be paying for this immigration bureaucracy. And, okay, if you're going to have the bureaucracy, what he said makes sense. But if you want to have freedom and liberty, the bureaucracy must be abolished. I, I would have to agree with that. You know, the, the, the thing is, is it's, it's one of those, hey, my people got through the door, now shut it. Mm. I mean, mm. I don't know about you, but my ancestors immigrated to this country. Some of, them, some of them immigrated before others. Uh, I have German ancestry that immigrated in the early 1900s. I have um, English ancestry that, uh, that, well, at least the, the name that I have, they came over on the boat. I'm not actually related to those people I'm adopted. But, um, you know, they came over, not on the boat, they came over on the Mayflower, excuse me. Okay. So I've, I've got all different levels. But, you know, the Indians could say, hey, send those immigrants back home because they're pretty sick of we the... We were here first. They, they could very well. So how come... If if you believe in immigration, if you believe that the immigrants should be kept out because this country is whole and complete, why don't we all have to leave so the Indians can have it back? 1-800-259-9231. If you're going to answer that question, let's go to the phones and talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee on the Amplifier line. Hey, Gene. Hi, guys. Hey, talking about immigration. I'm in the process of trying to get a green card for my wife's parents, and I tell you, it's a nightmare. Oh, I'll bet it is. We started... Uh, we started this process about four years ago, and after about a year or so, we called back to check on it, and they'd lost the paperwork. Oh, my so gosh. Now, yeah. So, and that was after paying the fees, of course. Yep. So now we're in the process of starting the entire process, the entire thing over again with new user, new fees, of oh, course. Geez. And um, so... <laughs> and, and if you don't like it, too bad. Not, Did yeah, you have well, you know, I, I said they should just come over the border from Mexico and just you know do it like everybody else does it. But, Gene, did you have copies yeah. of your old paperwork? Um, somewhere, but uh, they said if it's lost, it's lost. I guess. Yep. Send us some more money. Copies, yeah, copies. I, I think that's all it's about is they just want to get users' fees. That's all but, it you is. Know, Ian, I've heard you in the last couple of weeks now talk about the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, mm-hmm. and kind of making fun of them being called the service. Well. I don't. I think you ought to change your attitude because the Internal Revenue Service is a, a service. Absolutely. What do you mean? Well, um, I take it you've never been around the farm much. No, I uh, grew oh. up in a uh, urbanized area. I see. Well, suburban, I guess. They, they, you know, when you're when you're breeding bulls and and horses and things like that, they have something called a stud service. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Internal Revenue Service is is a service. Definitely in line with the stud service. How's that? Well, because they screw everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you but you, say, you can't say they're not a service. They're definitely a legitimate service, just like Joe Bob's uh, bull, ser- bull studding service down the street and, uh, you know, those other types oh, of services. Oh, Gene, you're like being that. facetious. They're not legitimate because they aren't funded on a voluntary basis. The question is who are they servicing? Well, they're servicing all of us. No, they're so. servicing themselves with our money, <laughs> is what they're doing. Just like the immigration no. people. You're still not getting it, Ian. They're servicing us. Mm-hmm. I get Never it, Gene. Mind. It's, it's over No your more head, of this okay? pandering <laughs> to the lowest like common it. denominator. I would, I would have expected uh, Gene, the Christian anarchist, to uh, be above pandering. That's right. Hey, well, he knows a screwing when he sees yeah. one. That's right. But they don't buy yeah, us drinks first or anything. <laughs> 
you know, you know, there's a lot of Christians out there that have bull studying services too. You know, I don't even so, know if I want to go there. What a bull studying? He's just saying he knows what it, what he's talking about. Oh, okay. that's right. Thanks for the call, Gene. We appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I think we're getting way too close to talking about animal sex. And I'd like to, if, if we're going to talk about Christianity and uh, vulgarity, I'd like to to get into that. The Bible doesn't say anything about vulgarity. The Bible doesn't say anything about. Um, cuss words they talk about curses you shouldn't curse people but cursing mm. is eh, wayne i hope the fleas of a thousand camels infest your bed you know that's a curse so the bible doesn't even address this this is a man-made sin um this is it, it, it's it, you know it's vulgar but it's not sinful gotcha. it's not wrong it's none of those things so if your preacher says the f-bomb in church he's not going to hell He's know. just done something tacky. 1-800-259-9231, something uh, that's in many cases not socially acceptable, certainly in that particular No, don't say that situation. crap in front of my mom. All right. Or my wife. Well, we've been talking about immigration and how the uh, government just generally stinks and is restricting freedom. And the old version, there was a, uh, the New Colossus is a, a poem that appears at the, the, the foot of the Statue of Liberty in, in New York City. And uh, it's it's called by, the New Colossus by Emma Lazarus. It was, I guess, put there. I don't know. Was it put there at the same time as the statue's delivery? I'm not sure about the uh, the actual history of the poem, but it's it's there. It's certainly uh, attached and exorbitantly attached to the statue. You know, give me your poor. Give me your weak. Is right. this the original one? This is the original one, but there's a new version. Uh, I'll, I'll read you the original first, and then we'll do the new one. Uh, here's the the original, the New Colossus. Uh, let's see. Throughout the history of America, the Statue of Liberty, this isn't actually the poem, has served as a welcoming greeter to immigrants seeking a better life. She's been a symbol of hope to the outcasts and downtrodden of the world who came to America seeking that better life. In 1883, Emma Lazarus wrote a sonnet entitled The New Colossus, which contracted this new monument to the Colossus of Rhodes, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, which stood for brute force and imperialism. Lady Liberty would instead stand as a mother, inviting immigrants to seek freedom and prosperity. This theme was memorialized in 1903 when her poem was engraved on a bronze plaque, there's the answer to my question, and mounted inside the Statue of Liberty. So that was back in the old days when we actually appreciated immigrants, when we in the United States actually encouraged immigration, when we saw immigration as a great boon to the economy in the United States. And when we truly had a free country. A mu- certainly much freer than it, is, uh, than it is today. We'll come back with the old New Colossus. And the new, new Colossus. This is your show. You can take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Only moments remain here in this edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. But still just enough time for your call if you make it now at 1-800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features because we give them away. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest internet retailer. 35 categories of products to shop in. Free Super Saver shipping on many of the products that you will buy. In fact, I believe every single one of the products in their grocery subsection is a free Super Saver shipping item, which is awesome. And uh, so you can get the stuff you need delivered to your door and get it affordably because they're competitive. As far as their prices are concerned, great shipping deals. And the best part is 
that you help Free Talk Live out. Whenever you enter their site through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. It's that easy. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Talking about immigration, the new Colossus, the poem, great poem, that is inscribed at the foot of the Statue of Liberty. It, it was added there in 1903, written by Emma Lazarus, to celebrate the concept that is America. The concept is simple. We are supposed to be a beacon of liberty for the entire world to see. We're supposed to show the world that there is a place in the world that if you can just escape the clutches of your evil, tyrannical government... You and, can enjoy freedom and build the dream for yourself. Right, and make it to our shoreline. You're in. You've made it to freedom, and you can... Live your life how you want, so long as you don't harm anyone else. That was the original concept, and that was what uh, the new Colossus attempted to embody, and here it is. And he says it's written, this, by the way, is sent to us by Brian. He says it's written in iambic pentameter. I have no idea how to read in iambic pentameter, so bear with me. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame, with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Here at our sea-washed sunset gate shall stand a mighty woman with a torch, whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, and her name, Mother of Exiles, not Mother of Rich, Wealthy People that are only allowed to come to the mm-hmm. United States. Engineers. And not Mother of Illegals. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome, her mild eyes command, the air-bridged harbor the Twin Cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pump, cried she with silent lips. Storied pump. Sounds like rich, power-mongering freaks, right? Mm-hmm. Not that I have anything against rich people. It's just the ones that want to control others that I have a problem with. She says, uh, with silent lips, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to uh, to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Wretched refuse. Doesn't sound to me like wretched refuse would be able to uh, come up with the $700 application fee that the U.S. government is requiring them to come up with in order to come No, at one time in our country we understood um, the value of, of the human spirit. Mm-hmm. That somebody who came to the shore, if we gave them freedom, that they would build for themselves uh, a life, and that life would benefit everyone. And boy, did they. Yeah, absolutely they did. It's because but of now, that. But now, not these damn Mexicans. No, not the Me- the Mexican people aren't capable of it. How sick. bigoted and sick. It really is. It really is. And it's and all of the, this immigration I mean, control is based on This bigot- stuff was said about the Scots. This was said about the Germans. It was said about the Irish. It was Italians. said about the Italian people. You know, it's been said about the Greeks. And it's just disgusting. You know, I just think that something here with the, with the Mexican immigration stinks to high heaven. There is no brutal dictator down in, in Mexico. There there are no um, uh, wars or civil wars or anything. Why are tens of millions of people pouring over the border? There's something more It's just more, more freedom. This. There's more freedom in the United States than there is in Mexico. Well, there's also a lot of economic um, uh, problems in Mexico because the government's corrupt. Sure. And I could imagine getting fed up with that. If I mean, if all you can do to get more freedom is cross a border, it's easy. Go for it. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue the poem. Send these, the homeless, the tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. That was what it was all about, was showing people the way towards freedom. Just get here. We can't help you get out of your country, but if you can make it here, we can help you have a life, uh, a good life for yourself and live in freedom amongst other uh, freedom-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we've allowed the government to take control of all of this, and it has ruined 
uh, the Freedom Party here in the United States. It has ruined liberty, and it continues to do it. And that's why Brian has brilliantly come up with a revised edition for the new Colossus. He says, however, this poem and statue no longer seem representative of the nation in which we live. Certainly this uh, symbology is obsolete and is in desperate need of an update. In this post-9-11 world, it is said that we can no longer afford an open border. Thus, it is vital that we adopt a a symbol more characteristic of the current xenophobic attitude held by the general populace. Rather than prospective immigrants gazing at a marvelous emblem of freedom, soon they may be met with a solid wall along our southern border. Perhaps an appropriate capstone for such a new colossus would be to melt down the time-worn Statue of Liberty and let her instead guard our border atop a tremendous barricade. Ergo, in the same spirit, I've taken it upon myself to revise the original poem into a form more suitable for placement mounted upon this prospective wall. Now, the new Colossus, the revised edition adapted by Brian Peel. Not like the Lady Liberty of old, whose torch welcomed people from every land, here at our sun-baked desert edge shall stand a mighty wall with capstone of retooled copper, cast in a neoteric mold. No longer freedom and ideals so grand, but rising as a barrier long-spanned. Alas, symbolic of coercive scold. Keep out thy foul and filthy lot, cries she with angry scowl. There's no welcome here. This country is most certainly not free. Nativism reigns, punished quite severe, are those with defiant ethnicity. I lock the gate along this vast frontier. I think it's brilliant. I, you know, it, it, it sums up what's happening. You know, all these children of immigrants, all of us, the children of, of immigrants, mm-hmm. we stand here in America and we say, get the hell out. Who the heck do you illegal aliens think you are? We've put laws in place that make you illegal now. Mm-hmm. The laws weren't in place when our ancestors came in, right, they but now be, you're bad people. Right, they used to just be people. And they still are just people, but the law all of a sudden uh, gives people an excuse to hate. You see that? Yeah. Although the immigration controllers will, will back down when you accuse them of being. Oh no, I support immigration. I, I love su- Mexican yeah. people. It's the illegal ones. I got. Yeah, gotta, it's them illegal. I have a problem with them. the. I have a problem with the illegality of it too. I think it should be legal, but I think that there should. I also think that there should be no welfare. I shouldn't be in any way required to support some um, immigrants' children. And there was a time in this country when you could come here, you could make a life for yourself, and you weren't a drain on anyone else. Mm -hmm. That's right. In 1903, it was sink or swim here. Yeah, and you know, just just think what those people from 1903 did to build this nation. Just it's not us. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the nation has been, um, it's been getting, I'm sorry, deteriorating. You can't make as much money now as you used to be able to. And it's because the government, we've allowed the government to grow so large that they tax the crap out of everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and with that goes innovation. There's, there's so many people, including myself. I, I would have started, probably had a, my own factory and a big business. I just don't do it because why bother? Too right. much regulation. Too much regulation. Sure. Too much baloney. Too much paperwork. I don't want it. After, now, you, after you get so many employees, then you got to do this. After you do so many more, so many right. more employees, you got to have that. And now they're telling the immigrants that if you want to be an entrepreneur here in the United States, twenty-eight hundred dollars instead of uh, three hundred dollars or whatever the old fee was. They're they're mm-hmm. quintupling the fee. And what's wrong with getting rich? I know that word is maligned nowadays. The rich, the rich. Well, what is the rich? When people say that to me, especially you hear it a lot with leftists say the rich this and the rich that. I say, well, what do you consider rich? How much is rich? Yeah. Someone with more than me, Wayne. (laughs) That's really what it is. Well, you know, it used to be $100,000 a year and you were 
if you made that, you were rich. But right. now, hundred thousand dollars a change. year basically barely keeps you in the middle class in many many places. You know, I I, I totally agree, Wayne. And I, Julia and I, my girlfriend, were getting into a, a discussion with some of our friends here in Keene, and they were attacking the big box stores for coming into town here, ruining you're ruining the. The, 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 the Keen, you're bringing these big stores in here, destroying the aquifer, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you know, Walmart at one time, and still is, Walmart was a small mom-and-pop store. At, you know, many years ago, the Waltons started this, uh, this store. They and did. It, and they did such a good job with it that it took off. They expanded. They, they got more stores. Is, do, do the people who are anti-big box store start hating when there's two stores, I mean, what's the number of stores that, uh, at what point, when you have a certain number of stores, X, at what point does X start to offend people? Is it the square footage in each store, or is it the actual number of each store? Well, sometimes the theory is that, that Walmart is going to put small businesses out of business, but if you look at it, maybe it, it may happen a little bit, but what can happen is a smart entrepreneur is going to find his niche in his town. Sure. Just like here in Keene, you have the downtown area, which is very vibrant. There's a lot of good small businesses here. And then the outskirts of town have the big box stores. Right. And they both coexist very well together. They sure do. And, and by the way, it's a misnomer to say that the box stores put smaller stores out of business. Consumers make decisions, and based on those decisions, people go and come out of business. I mean, That's right. It, it depends on where you go and shop. It's up to you and everyone else. It's Benny in here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Back tomorrow night for more online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.